0: Hey hey, episode 37. Welcome back, Peter. How
1: was your trip abroad? Uh, short, uh, but good. Sometimes nice to get away from Bombay and sometimes nice to get away from crackers, I guess.
0: Yeah, you missed all those blasts, but that's okay because today we have a lot more blasts. We have a lot of blast beats. Very bad segue, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. We've got uh, Carl Sanders from Nile on this episode, really, really kicked about it.
0: Yep. Uh, In fact, you know, uh, this is a little bit of a secret, but uh, this was one of the reasons behind starting this whole exercise to be able to speak to our heroes at some point in time. Yeah. And And I'm guessing Carl
1: Sanders ranks amongst one of your biggest heroes. Oh, definitely, man. I mean, like, why is that? nile uh, where do you start a band like that has kind of like completely taken that sound i mean if you think about it nobody sounds like nile i mean there have been tons who've tried to imitate it trying to come there i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure there's egyptian bands also that play death metal <laughs> that metal <laughs> that don't sound like nile <laughs> yeah yeah but uh yeah man i mean like you know Everything that he's done over the last two decades, and again with Carl Sanders, it's not just Nile; it's also his solo albums that done. Of course,
0: done. I personally, I think I like, for me, uh, all the Sorian series, the yeah. the two albums, those rank a bit above Nile's work, but that's only for me as a listener.
1: Oh yeah, and I, I, I to a cer- certain extent agree with you, but you know, one thing I really admire about Nile. Is they've taken that sound and owned it. Like they've made it their own. You'll never, the moment you hear any Nile album or any Nile song, they've got that distinct thing that you know it's like, yeah, that's Nile. I oh. love that. I love that precision and the sharpness. Oh. It feels like a, if, if you would
0: define uh, Cannibal Corpse and those kind of bands as chainsaws, Nile isn't a chainsaw. Nile is like an axe. Which gets, which you use, or a or a very sharp sword, yeah, which yeah, you yeah. use once to strike
1: someone, like and it's so fucking precise all yeah. the time. And to the extent that you said sword, Carl Sanders is a fucking samurai, man. <laughs> 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 he knows how to use that sword. <laughs> yeah. I mean, precise as hell. So,
0: just to get to know you a bit better, which was your first Nile album, or how were you introduced to
1: Nile? So. Nile is, I think once I slowly started getting to in, into a little extreme metal, um, this is again when I was living in Abu Dhabi uh, about 18 years back, uh, a friend of mine just gave me a bunch of burnt CDs and said hey you might want to check out these bands so among them was Nile, Emperor and the like so just to get a variety whether it's black or dead mm-hmm. metal. I think yeah. So if I'm if I'm correct, it was uh, "Annihilation of the Wicked" was the first album I heard. Boy, I think you know I keep saying it, but there's something about that album, man. And you probably those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while have realized that I keep gushing over s- these albums. But there's something like every time, even now when I listen to "Annihilation of the Wicked," it takes me back to that space where I was listening it to in my cheap you know CD player. Hmm. Putting on those cheap headphones, and it sounded so good. It just kind of that the intensity, the power in that album, and it just transported you to a different place. It made me feel that, whoa, I'm in some ancient Egypt. And then, of course, I lived in the desert, so you look around and you see desert. So it's not too hard to kind of run with that imagination. But uh, the band is consistently like kind of topped their stuff. Uh Although they had a couple of albums I wasn't too happy about. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But that happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, right? Like, with a band like them, you kind of make those Yeah. And I think that
0: that all has been rectified as such with the ninth album which released today, which is November 1st. It's called, what, Wild Nilotic Rights. Yeah. And fuck, it's a pango of an album, man. I mean, like Niles back to its roots almost and and that's something that we talk a lot about with Carl.
1: And, and I must add you know like there's one thing we've been talking about when you listen to singles of bands and we've questioned their choices of singles uh-huh. the choices of singles are bang on dude yeah man it gives you such a good insight into what's coming oh it gives you such a good preview of what's coming I mean, those of you who are listening to this and have checked out the album, you know exactly what we're talking about.
0: And for those of you who haven't, hold on, uh, listen to the interview and then check out the album because that'll, I'm guessing, help you enjoy the album more, right? At least that's the way I would do it if I hadn't heard of the new album yet. So with that being said, here he is, Carl Sanders.
1: And I'd like to welcome onto the show None other than Carl Sanders from the Legendary Nile. Welcome to Horns Up, Carl.
2: Thank you, my friend. How are you today?
1: I'm doing all right. How are you doing?
2: Oh, it's a beautiful day here. It's uh, blue skies and sunshine, and it's not too hot. It's, it's beautiful here.
1: Yeah, so actually, I'm just going to kind of jog your memory a bit because Animation and I were chatting earlier today, and uh, I was telling him about I'm, the time I met you eight years ago. And I actually have a picture, and it's from a nightclub in Dubai. So, my friends okay. in Nerve, yeah. my friends in Nerve Cell, uh, you recorded a track uh, for their album uh, that they released then, and then you came down for their album uh, release show. This was at the Atlantis in Dubai, and I still yeah, remember- yeah
2: I remember that. Yeah, it was a yeah. really nice time we had. Yep.
1: Yeah, and I still remember being in awe that oh my god. Carl Sanders is here. He's at the show with us. This is awesome.
2: <laughs> it was a good show. I, I really like the Nerve Cell guys. And, and they're, of course, a great band and wonderful people.
1: Yeah. So, and, you know, to fast forward eight years now, we're talking about uh, your new album, Wild uh, Nilotic uh, Rides. So just to kind of uh, dive straight into the album, uh, the press write up kind of straight hammers home the point that the album is a result of the collaboration between all the four band members and you're kind of like getting into this album like a herd of horses it also mentions that you know Uh this is the first time you'll have used this approach since your debut album amongst the catacombs of Nefrenkau so could you walk us through this process and you know to begin with what led the band in you to approach the album in this fashion
2: well, uh, we really wanted to make an album where we could harness the potential of this lineup. Because uh, it's a it's a new group of guys. It's There's a new feeling in the band. There's a, a lot of... An era of rebirth and, and renovation. Uh, a, a renewed spirit. Uh, and enthusiasm. There's right. also uh quite a bit of brotherhood going on uh lately uh where we are trying to work as a team. Um so you know with this album we're trying to, to take that mentality and that the spirituality and try and do something with that. You know, uh what we can do as this team together. Um and, and that was in every part of the writing and the recording. Um, all the way down from like uh the new guitarist he uh co-wrote four songs he did the music for uh uh four songs uh let's see he did oxford handbook he did okay. uh that which uh oh my brain just went south that <laughs> uh which is forbidden yeah that which is forbidden uh the imperishable stars are second and revel in their suffering. Um, okay. Yeah, and not only did he help with that, you know, he brought riffs for other songs. The bass player, uh, Brad Paris, he brought riffs to several songs. Even our drummer, George Collius, contributed music for a song. Uh, oh, okay. Where is the Wrathful Sky? Um, that's George wrote the music for that. So, you know, everybody was trying to work together on this. and And I haven't seen that spirit in this band since, you know, like amongst the catacombs of Nefrenkai era.
3: Okay. Um, How would you say this process of sorts affected Nile's sound on this album? I mean, did you take a backseat yourself here? Like, and let Uh, everyone else play?
2: Absolutely. I don't take a backseat to anybody. Uh, (laughs) That's that's never going to happen. But uh, it's nice to have some help. You know, I, I don't want to do it all by myself. It's you know, I want the other guys involved. You know, to work together. I'm probably always going to write most of the the band's music, but I, but I don't have to do it all, and I, I don't want to do it. Um, you know, working as a team is much better than you know, fighting as a team. Yeah. <laughs> all
1: right. So, you know, principal uh, songwriting to collaboration, there would have been quite a bit of change. Did you all face any teething issues, if any? And how did you all resolve them?
2: Uh, No, we didn't really have any teething issues. Uh, The the cooperation was there right from the start. Um, These guys were hungry and dedicated and committed. Um, So right out of the gate, they were ready to get to work, roll up their sleeves, and do whatever it took to... You know, make this album happen. I I think you can really hear that. This is a very cohesive-sounding record. Uh, It sounds to me when I hear it, I hear the sound of people working together.
3: Yeah, and all of you are surprisingly on. Like it, it's very evident that all of you were together and on the same page right from the get-go. I mean, this record just doesn't let up. It's so precise. It's mind-boggingly, wow! Like it just fits. Everything is just fitting into the pocket.
2: Yep, absolutely. I we feel it the exact same way, and and uh, I'm really anxious, you know, for the metal fans to hear, you know, what we've managed to do as as a, a team. You know, it it feels pretty good. It, it feels, you know, like metal brotherhood to me.
1: No, and, awesome. you know, I'm I'm going to use the cliche term here, but There's no real fat on this album because we were just discussing uh, after a couple of spins and I was like, whoa, this is really something. Uh,
2: You know, you've really said the truth there, uh, which is why it took so long to write, because we were busy trimming the fat off the songs. Um, So you don't have to hear all the riffs that were almost as good. We got rid of them. If the riff wasn't going to work for the song, it had to go and you know sometimes that's painful you know Mm -hmm. uh so it takes a real dedication to be willing to make those sacrifices sometimes it's something you really love like uh at the end of revel in their suffering uh there used to be another four minutes of the most incredible guitar soloing that i'd ever heard brian do in his life it was so fucking good that by the time that guitar solo finished, you didn't even care about the first five minutes of the song. It was that fucking good, but we said, "Wait a minute, then why why is there even a song here we We gotta make a choice. you know we could have the song be great, or we could have the guitar solo be great, So the guitar solo had to go we It was tough, it was a tough sacrifice to make uh Then that's just one small example. Every single song had some things like that. Like maybe it was a vocal part that uh, wasn't quite good enough, but we loved. Or maybe it was a drum part that George loved that wasn't working. You know, whatever had to be done to trim the fat from these songs, we did it, even if it was painful.
3: Now, hopefully we get to hear something of that maybe like extended cut or a different version of the album or something of that sort. Have you ever thought of that?
2: Uh, Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm of the frame of mind, you know, once I'm finished working with some songs, I'm done with them. Uh, Next time we start writing a new record, uh, I'll I'll probably want to start fresh.
3: Okay. Alright so let, let's shift gears here to another point. Uh, here's something that stems from being part of a band myself. From what I understand uh, you guys reached the recording studio amazingly well prepared right down to recording with a demo that was almost nearly finished. Yes, sir. Um, that's an idealistic process. I mean it won, it's one that encourages and rewards a lot of preparation I'd like to understand if you think that there are any cons to the approach. What happens if you think of a new note or a new melody while you're recording on the recording floor?
2: Oh, you know, that's a fabulous question. Uh, we try to give ourselves the, the freedom, like, if we have an idea, like right there in the recording studio, to capitalize on it. Give it a try. And maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but we always say, It's better to try the idea and it fails than to never try the idea at all. Um, In fact, it became almost a joke. Like when we were tracking vocals, uh, Brian would do something and he'd finish and it would be great. And then he'd go, wait, I got another idea. And we heard this all day long. Wait, I got another idea. Wait, I got another idea. Um, In fact, it was so much of a joke that, you know, my wife, uh, who is downstairs, uh, my home studios where we record, she could you know overhear him saying, "Wait, I got another idea all day long. It was <laughs> quite something
3: so was all that preparation then did it make space for the new idea
2: you know uh i I think we found, and you know this may be true for us, but i don 't know if it 's true for everybody, but we found that having been prepared. Even if you're going to change the idea, the fact that you put the work in to prepare first means that you're in a better place to make a decision. Is the new idea actually better or not? Because um, sometimes the new idea isn't, isn't as good as what you prepared. Uh, sometimes it is. You just have to try and, you know, try to use your judgment.
3: All right. Okay. This next one comes as a follow-up to to this process as such and preparation and just reading a lot about how you function. I understand that it's all about practice, right? And I know you put in a lot of us just practicing. Yes, sir. Is there anything or uh, is there, have you ever thought that there's anything called too much practice?
2: (laughs) Well, I've heard that said. I think if one is experiencing uh, some symptoms from burnout, then it's probably time to put the guitar down and go do something else for a little while. Um, uh, But that's only if you've reached a a point of, you know, your brain is exhausted. Um, You know, is there such a thing as too much practice? Probably not. Uh, If you're moving forward, if you're not doing anything productive with it and you're just wasting time, well, then you're just wasting fucking time. You know, uh, one must always be aware of am I doing something that is helping or am I just fucking off? Uh, Yeah, I I think that's the key element is self-awareness. Am I pushing forward or am I fucking off? If you're fucking off, then it's time to go do something else because your brain isn't focused anymore. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay.
3: So, so wait. Uh, s- since we're on this point, uh, have you ever experienced burnout, and what do you do to come back into your firing zone? Because that's something I, I that a arts. lot of us creative guys do.
2: I do martial arts in my spare time, and I find oh it, yeah, it the Taekwondo really Black. Yes, sir. Uh, I also do, uh, I'm a fourth degree black belt in Sanajitsu. jitsu um, And I find that it really clears my head because when someone else is trying to punch you and kick you in the face, you're not thinking about that chord you played wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, you're thinking about, you know, there's somebody trying to punch me or, or kick me in the face. And that's all you think about. And I think that's wonderfully refreshing. It clears the mind. It clears the soul, um, and I always come back mentally refreshed.
3: Lovely. So all the guitarists and songwriters out there, Carl Sanders, what he does, and remember this: when he gets stuck in a creative rut, he goes and uh, he goes out and meets some people.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like just to come back to the press note that we received, and you know, this one line kind of stood out uh, for us. Uh, And if I can quote, it says, Nigel has a new ethos. We're not going to live in the past. What's the rationale, if we could ask, behind the statement? Does the
2: past burden you? No, the past uh, does not burden us. The past is often problematic for fans. Like... and I'm not angry, and I don't blame fans, because I'm guilty of this myself. Like, for instance, I love Ride the Lightning by Metallica right? Hey, it's my, so yeah, it's I. my okay. fucking Metallica album. Okay?
1: Sorry. We, we This is the kind of joke that's been going on because we did an episode recently uh, where we compared Ride the Lightning to Master of Puppets. So yeah, that's the only reason animations is laughing on this.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyways. Well, okay. So I love... Well, I actually love Master Puppets as well. You know, Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets. You know, (laughs) two great albums. Metallica at their their best. So, you know, the music Metallica does now, well, you know, I would prefer to listen to Ride the Lightning than anything they do now. Well, I find that this happens with, you know, fans of Death Metal as well. There's people that come up to me and say, Oh, dude, you should do another record like Annihilation of the Wicked. Or, hey, dude, you should do another In Their Darkest Shrines. Or, dude, why don't you do a record like Blah, 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 Blah. You know, but I'm not interested in doing that. Today is 2019. I, I don't want to do the same record over again. Um, what I want to do is is respect the fundamental principles and ideas on which the band was founded yes we're not going to change our identity but do i want to make the same record again no it's time to write some new songs it's time to kick some new asses
1: so just to bring back because i have to ask you this because i was also at your show in bangalore in 2017 and oh you it
2: know, was a lot of fun we really yeah enjoyed that
1: yeah and just you know looking around just seeing everyone just kind of rocking out to all the music we've been listening to for years to finally like on listening it to on cassettes and cds to now seeing it live but uh, i'm glad you said that because you know all around the world uh if i could kind of put you on the spot what are the countries or shows that really stand out in your memory
2: uh well you know the bangalore fest is one of them i remember uh arriving and seeing the beautiful stage set they had built and thinking to myself, wow, I wish every show was this fucking cool. Um, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that was really very cool. Um, I also remember um, in 2003 when we were playing Vaken, we were playing right before Slayer. Right? Mm-hmm. So it was the best possible crowd you could possibly hope for as a metal band to play before Slayer plays, right? Is there a bigger dream than this? I don't think so. Um, and, uh, wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that as long as I fucking live. Um, I also remember we played uh, Rock Park in Columbia, South America. Uh, it was a free concert. So the night we played, there were 125 thousand music fans there that's a lot of fucking people jesus christ yeah wow I, I won't forget that either i as far as i could see there were music fans as far as my eyes could see there was people wow that's that's just mind-blowing
1: yeah, right yeah so you know just to kind of uh ask you this because you recently completed 25 years as a band. And I'm very curious to know you've released nine albums, your ninth album now uh, with Nile. You've got two solo releases. After so many years, what keeps you motivated to keep recording music, performing, touring? What keeps you going?
2: It's what I love. Um... And I think that's the truest possible motivation. I I love metal. I love playing guitar. I love playing the music for the people. I love the bond that is between the audience and the band on the stage. And when everybody gets on the same wavelength together, we're all banging our heads together. Man, that is the most purest, most electric feeling of community and bond uh, that it's i've found nothing else that compares to it all right um i know we're running out of time so here's
3: kind of like a finale question there's this quote that stuck with us from an interview you did with invisible oranges way back in 2010 where you defined death metal's purpose for the world at that time you said it's a form of music that helps people realize that all of us have a limited life and instead of being pessimistic about that, we should try and live life to the fullest. That quote is almost 10 years old now. Do you feel the same way today?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Why is that? What, what we have, my friend, all that we have, all that we are holding in the palm of our hands is today. Tomorrow is not promised to us. You could die. I could die. Any day. I could walk out of my house and a car could hit me or I fly to uh, the next tour or show and my plane crashes. I mean, who knows? Uh, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, But nothing is promised us. So, you know, I I think we have to realize that life is finite. Uh, And the time to bang our heads and make metal is right now. The time to be metal is today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, today.
1: On that note, um, I just want to say thanks a lot, uh, Carl, for taking time out uh, to do this, this interview. Uh, after that awesome show in 2017, I'm really glad to hear you also enjoyed it. So I hope to see you back in India soon. Probably promoting Me too. Album. Uh, Me too. any Me final too. words you want to leave our listeners with
2: I really am awaiting the day when we get to come back and play another show in India it will be a great day fuck yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> fuck Honestly. yeah
2: and horns up to you <laughs> On up, uh, Carl. horns up brothers Yeah, I had a great time thank you so much for making Thanks. this interview so awesome <laughs>
1: Thank you. Wow. Are you happy? I I have no words, man. Seriously. I just can't believe that actually happened. Uh, I'm glad I could speak a lot more this time compared to the time I met Carl Sanders in person, which if I recollect well was, Hi, I'm Peter, big fan. Can I take a picture with you? I do it. And I think I shared this picture with you. If you see the expression on my face, it's like, oh, my God, I'm near Carl Sanders (laughs) from (laughs) nine. Look at my horns up. (laughs) I
0: I love the reaction of the security guard that's standing beside you. He doesn't know what the (laughs) fuck he's supposed to do. Should he put a restraining order on you? Should he come and, you know, like suplex you away from (laughs) Carl Sanders? I have no idea what what he's thinking about, but I'm pretty sure those are the two or three thoughts (laughs) he has in his head at that moment. You guys should see that picture, Peter. You should you tweet that
1: from uh, the up ID this time. Done, done. And uh, no, he's not a security guard. <laughs> <laughs> so he also used to organize gigs in Dubai back in the day. Not sure what he does right now. But yeah, I I get why you could <laughs> have thought or mistaken him for a security guard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's still surreal that you know it's f- we. I went from like being a fanboy to now like doing this interview with him and. Rightly so, man. I mean, the album, like we said earlier, is an absolute banger. We've talked in the past about, you know, singles not meeting the expectations for the rest of the album. But these singles are bang on. I mean, when I heard it, I was like, okay, is the rest of the album going to meet up? And then I heard the rest of the album. Oh, boy. I mean, they're rightly saying that, you know, it's like a new band.
0: Yep, completely. Completely reinvigorated. So the taste of the pudding is best had when eaten or some (laughs) (laughs) weird-ass proverb or something (laughs) of that sort. That's a saying, right? Yeah. So let's let's, let's give the audience a taste. If you guys have already got the album, uh, just cue that up. And for those who haven't, for those who want the taste, here's the lead single. It's called Long Shadows of Dread. But before we leave you, quickly, you can check out Peter's photo of him fanboying uh, over Carl Sanders' at, uh, at Up Up pod. pod that's on that's our Twitter ID Peter you're at Trend Crusher I'm at Asmohani here it is Long Shadows of Dread from Niles latest album Wild Melodic Rides <laughs>